In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edith is presented by BetterHelp, because progress is a damn good thing. Start living a happier life today at BetterHelp.com. Q-Code and Crooked Media presents Edith, starring Rosamund Pike, created by Gonzalo Cordova and Travis Helwig. It's hard to make out, sir. It's an Italian on the Dalmatian coast. They have hours, possibly minutes, before they are attacked. What else did this terrified Italian say? What do we do, sir? We make land immediately. This is the Navy. We don't let thousands of foreigners get slaughtered unless it's in America's best interest. Aye, aye, sir. A first lady, for all intents and purposes, is just a figurine in a dollhouse. You go to parties you didn't ask for, you live in a home you didn't furnish. I mean, who would choose to live in a home with a bust of Grover Cleveland? I'm an ornament for a nation's weary eyes to admire. Just because Woodrow was resting didn't mean the first lady could. I had an important schedule that I couldn't avoid. Who here loves being a Girl Scout? Me! Mrs. Wilson, when I grow up, I want to be a first lady just like you. Well. If you study and work hard, maybe, just maybe one day you'll marry a president. I always hated talking to children until I met Trudy, and now it just comes naturally. Ah, oh, Telmulty, come in. I'm doing some very important work right now. Madam First Lady, I need to speak to the president immediately. It had been a few days since the president's fall, and while he was resting, I had to take a few things into my own hands. Ma'am, you've requested that I deliver any documents for the president to you personally. For a long time, I didn't appreciate Tumulty enough to learn anything about him. Yes, that is what Woodrow requested. If there's an issue, no, Like then... I said, I'm the president's private secretary. My job is to deliver these documents, not ask questions. But over time, I came to appreciate how little he cared to learn about me. But this is a sensitive matter. Tumulty, the president, is recovering. If this is truly sensitive, I should hear it before his blood pressure does. We have a situation with our Navy off the Dalmatian coast. The Senate, especially Senator Lodge, is furious. We need to know what Woodrow wants to do. Here's the thing. Knowing what Woodrow wants to do is a little complicated because, uh, well. My God, the president is paralyzed. 
A few days earlier, on the morning after Woodrow's scare, Trudy, Dr. Grayson, and I had a nice rational conversation about our next steps. Edith, we can't keep this from the press, Congress, the cabinet. Why not? Because, because he's in a coma. Our country has no leader. I have a question. Woodrow will wake up today, tomorrow, the next day. We don't know that. And when he does, if he's not president anymore because you overreacted, that will kill him. Excuse me. Can I ask a question? So, so we lie? No. We tell the truth. The president had a fall, which he did, and he's on a path to recovery, which he is. Um, can I ask a... Sorry, Trudy, What? what's your question? Why are we whispering? We don't want to disturb the president, honey. He's sleeping. But don't we want him to wake up? Right. Couldn't hurt. Dr. Grayson, you're Woodrow's best friend with everything he's fought for. You really think he'd throw it all away just because of a minor fall? Stroke. Honey, we're calling it a fall. Tell me, Grayson, do you really want to be the one to end your friend's presidency? I'll draft a press release saying it's exhaustion and he just needs a week or two of rest. If you ever read an article about someone with exhaustion, just know it's never exhaustion. But from that morning on, I made sure Woodrow's wishes were carried out. I'd do whatever I thought Woodrow would do, and Trudy would help. I mean, I'm not, you can't see it, but I'm doing those little quotation fingers. Ah, this office is amazing. A big green oval and not a corner in sight in that chair. Only Woodrow and Taft have ever been allowed to sit in that chair. Woodrow, Taft, and now Trudy. I couldn't, I couldn't. I will. <laughs> It's a bit saggy. Oh, you've just learned one of every president's first lessons. Nothing about power is as good as it seems. Not even the cushions. I've been reviewing the documents Tumulty dropped off, and that man is right. This Dalmatian situation is rough. No, our idiot Navy boys were tricked by a bunch of Italian terrorists into invading a foreign country without permission. Ugh, the whole thing is rough. Trudy, we have to be serious. But why? This is the first time in either of our young lives... Oh, I love we, that you call me young. Keep going. ...that we have the smallest bit of say. And if Woodrow's gonna wake up soon, let's just, for a brief moment, ignore those terrorist Dalmatian puppies and make some fun presidential decisions, like, uh, prohibition. What would Woodrow do about good ol' American hooch? Well, I, I mean, if we ban booze, the vice president will burn this place to the ground. Veto. We veto. Let's do a veto. Okay, next. What about potential Mexican war crimes? Ugh, yuck. Edith? Sorry. I'm, no, I'm sorry, sweetie. I just, I know you want to have fun. I'm just, I'm distracted by the Dalmatia thing, I think. I think we gotta bury it. Bury it like a dog with a bone. Woodrow's bump. whole League of Nations pitch is stopping countries from stumbling onto these diplomatic tripwires that accidentally start global wars. If it goes public, our Navy did this, it'll screw up the whole argument. Oh. So, do we lie? No, it's not a lie if you keep something from someone. An omission isn't a lie, it's a, it's a silent truth. So yes, we bury this. Madam First Lady, did you try and bury this incident from your own Secretary of State? Clearly I didn't bury it deep enough. No, 
That was Woodrow's decision. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> if this is an international incident, Woodrow would have been smart enough to know that this document would be sent to people who work for me. I'm Secretary of State. Why wasn't I consulted on this? Because you're a lying, backstabbing traitor. I could go on. Woodrow must have his reasons. It's already in European papers. I had to hear it from Senator Lodge, who is demanding answers. Woodrow will handle it. The president is dealing with an international crisis, and he does not want counsel from his Secretary of State? Yes. And if that is at all a problem, what are you going to do about it? Gentlemen, I've called this secret cabinet meeting because something is not right. Something is very, very wrong in this White House. We have no choice. This chamber must run the country now. And they say I committed a coup. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Remember what I said about the dollhouse? I stand here with the descendants of the American Revolution to open- Sometimes that dollhouse gets new accessories, like this plot of rosemary bushes dedicated to the brave men who fell in the Second Barbary War. Thank you, Madam First Lady. We appreciate your fine work. Of course, it's my pleasure that- God bless you. I hate rosemary. Madam First Lady. Tumulty, you always catch me during my most important... Hold on, I may be about to sneeze. Hold on. No. No. I'm good. Oh, what's the matter? Did another beach town get invaded by a group of Italians? No, it's worse. Lansing called a secret cabinet meeting. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway, he said the cabinet will run the country now. What? When? Right now! But I have to go before they realize I'm not in the bathroom. The Secretary of War has a finicky prostate, so he's in and out of there all the time. Trudy! Trudy! Trudy, what are you doing? I'm teaching myself piano. What? Yeah. I'm doing it by trial and error. If I play something and it sounds bad, then I just never touch those keys again. Uh, Trudy, I need your weird creative brain. Wow. Thank you. Most of those words were really, really nice. Lansing called a cabinet meeting. That doesn't sound so bad. Only the president is allowed to do that, Trudy. It's a coup. What do you think Woodrow would do? He'd try to stop it. Go stop it? No, I can't. I'm first lady. First ladies don't have the authority to do that. They don't have the authority to do, well, much of anything. They don't, but the president does, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, so what would Woodrow do? Oh, you know, when I was a little girl, my class had this trip to a loom, and my parents didn't want me to go because last time we visited the loom, I broke you, the loom. You heard me saying there's a coup, right? Oh, I'll skip to the end. 
I ended up going to the loom because my parents ended up signing the permission slip, only they didn't know they did. I signed it. You're saying I forged a letter from the President of the United States of America, even though it is definitely a crime. It worked for me. At least it would have, except I broke the loom again and then my parents had to pay for it. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you too. I love you too. I love you too. Gentlemen, gentlemen, the newspapers already reported this naval officer broke chain of command. We'll all be blamed for an unauthorized military invasion. Uh, Edith, excuse me, uh, can we help you? When I entered the room, I saw them. Two rows on each side of the table. Doughy, pale men, each with a different variation of mustache, each with a different amount of spittle in the corner of their mouths, but basically all exactly the same. No, but I can help you. Woodrow found out about this little meeting and wrote a memo. <laughs> Woodrow wrote and signed a presidential memorandum? <laughs> yes, Lansing, thank you for letting everyone here know what memo is short for. Very helpful. <laughs> to all cabinet members, all cabinet meetings from now on must be authorized by the President of the United States of America. This is outrageous. No one can even talk to the President. Huh. That's a good point. Oh, wait. Looks like Woodrow addresses that in the next line. If you wish to discuss policy matters with me, please speak with the First Lady. Oh, hey, that's me. Until my personal physician clears me from bed rest. Sincerely, President Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> Let me see that. There it is. Like I said, typed and signed by the President himself. <sighs> Here, take your letter back. Thank you, Lansing. I love how you're so thorough. Well... I guess that's meeting adjourned, right? <laughs> yes, well. I've enjoyed a lot of pleasure in my life. I've dined in Paris. Oh my god, that was incredible, Edith. I was listening from the hallway. I've shopped in Paris. No, I mean, I can't believe it. All I have to do is write something on presidential letterhead and everyone just has to do it. I married the president of the United States while he was president. And then we honeymooned in DC, but we would have gone to Paris, but there was the whole war thing. You want to see Paris in the fall. You don't want to see Paris when it falls. It's crazy they give anyone that power. It only seems crazy when the power belongs to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing, none of it, brought me more pleasure than telling all those old fools what to do. To let them know that I make the rules. As I stand here to honor the oldest living generals from the Civil War, I'm reminded of the dignity and humanity on both sides of this great, great conflict. Both sides fought equally for just causes. Ignore that part. Both sides heroic in their own way. And that part too. Both sides held in high regard. This next part is okay. Woodrow's greatest passion is ending war. And with the help of the senators in this room, we hope to prevent future wars so brother may never have to fight brother again on the battlefield at home or abroad. Thank you. All right, Trudy, what did you brainstorm while I was making the speech? Okay, well, I wrote down what would Woodrow do about Dalmatian Coast, and then, and I'm prematurely sorry for this, I wrote down a series of dog puns. Let me see. One, admit it's a spotty situation. Two, pause and reflect. <laughs> Trudy, this is the least helpful thing you've ever done. But thanks. 
I've got to get back to shaking all those clammy old hands. Hello, General. Eighth Rifle Regiment, Virginia Confederate Battalion, and the pleasure is all mine, ma'am. As a fellow Virginian, it is an honor, General. I can tell you those Union dogs played dirty, burnt down churches. In my book, you are the real heroes. Our cause was lost, but not forgotten. I can spot a fellow Reb a mile away. Lots of politicians lie, but not you and your husband. And I love that honesty almost as much as I love his policies. Thank you, sir. Excuse me in one minute. I've got it, Trudy. Trudy, are you ready to take dictation? Ready. The Woodrow administration ran on honesty. Now, if word is already out, I believe he'd want us to draft a press release telling the truth about what really happened. Ooh, honesty? You like it? <gasps> Honestly? I love it. Great. Okay, hold on a second. I've got to get back to these old... Oh, God damn it! Edith, what's going on? Who are you looking at? There, talking to the next general in line, was the man I hated most in the world. Senator Henry Cabot Lodge. What is he doing here? Christ. Madam First Lady, I'm happy I caught you. Now, now, wait your turn, Senator. I'm here to speak to General, uh... Thomas Durham, 15th Regiment, Massachusetts Union Volunteer Infantry, ma'am. Thank you for your service, General Durham. Your Union men fought honorably with integrity, courage, and decency on your side. We sure did, ma'am. <laughs> we got those Rebs on the run. Yes, you did. Speaking of honor and decency, Senator Lodge, I see you're here learning what a decent Massachusetts man looks like. I was hoping I'd see you. Why? Couldn't you just ask Lansing to spy for you whenever you want? I heard you were over in the Senate, causing a fuss about the Dalmatian coast, and... A fuss? <laughs> Wanting small crumbs of information about an international incident is certainly not a fuss. We just want a statement. Any statement. Well, you're in luck, Senator. Woodrow's decided to be honest with the American people. We're about to admit that a naval officer disobeyed his chain of command, and we're apologizing for our involvement in that mess. <laughs> no, but really, uh, what is the statement? What do you mean? You're serious? That's the plan? <laughs> Thank you for your service, General. You've just witnessed the North beat the South for a second time. <laughs> I don't get what was so funny. You didn't even tell a joke. What happened? I don't think he's the kind of person who laughs at jokes. I think he's the kind of person who laughs when he wins. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. For days, I heard the same rumors as many of you fine members of the press, but I could never bring myself to believe it. It is not possible in my lifetime that a president would allow his own troops to commit an act of war without our approval. But then yesterday, I was shocked to my core. I received secret confirmation that the White House has lost control of its naval officers. Is this the leader you trust to put our safety in the hands of some new world order, some League of Nations, a man who cannot control his own navy? 
I am calling on President Wilson to resign immediately. I hated being a middle child. Well, close to it. I mean, that many siblings, you'd forgive me for forgetting the order, but there was something really shitty about being seventh. Everything was hand-me-down, everything was shared. We had this big, beautiful dollhouse and hundreds of little miniatures. Chairs, candlesticks, this happy little golden retriever perpetually holding a bone. But because I was seventh and third of the girls, each piece already had a place. The story was set. And if I so much as moved one figurine, Annie would do this awful thing where she got every other child to pretend they couldn't hear me when I spoke. For days, I'd start to feel like I didn't exist, like a ghost, and just because I wanted to make a few decisions, because I wanted the smallest bit of control. Hmm. I know you can't hear me, Woodrow, but whenever I make any decision, I feel like I'm letting you down. You sacrificed so much to build the League of Nations, and. And just like that, I throw it all away. I tried so hard to do what you do, and to tell the truth, and right now I just, just want you to wake up and tell me how to fix this. Believe in oh, yourself. I... You can do this, Edith. Christ, Trudy, I nearly died. Sorry, too far? <laughs> you left the door open. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're lucky I like you. I am. Can I ask you something? Were there ever moments when Woodrow didn't know what to do? Of course, all the time. And who would he ask? He would... He would ask me. Exactly. So maybe stop asking what would Woodrow do and start asking what would Edith do? Because honestly, that's what Woodrow would do. Thank you, Trudy. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. Like, literally, even if I'm sleeping, I can wake up, give advice, and then go back to sleep just like that. I ran as fast as I could, because I finally knew what I had to do. Hello? Hello? General Durham, what are you still doing here? Are you just wandering around? I turned a wrong corner and got lost on the way to the exit. It's been like five hours since the other veterans left. Senator Lodge said he'd be honored to drive me home, but uh, he, he must have left without me. All right. Come with me, General. Guess what, General? I just figured out how to defeat the enemy. Enemy? Who is the enemy now? Lansing. Edith, finally. What is happening with Dalmatia? If what Lodge is saying is true, what... It's not true. He told me that you I said... I don't know who leaked that to that viper, but it's false. This is the real statement. Well, uh, none of this statement is true. None of this happened. Hmm, you must be mistaken because the statement says it's true. And good news, Lansing. The president agrees that you're secretary of state and that these issues should run directly through you. So, he wants you to read this statement to the press I, immediately. I, I, I can't just lie. Hmm. Well, Woodrow did hand me something else. This is a resignation letter. I know. Specifically your resignation. 
unwanted grounds. You called a cabinet meeting and announced you run the country now. How will that look to the press, the public? You'll never work for another administration again. The press is waiting, Lansing. Which one of these do you want to read? Remember how I said that stuff earlier felt too good to describe? This felt better. Hello? Who is that? I'm lost. A war hero. He's going to stand behind you during the statement. Highlight how our president supports our brave men in uniform. As Secretary of State, it is my duty to dispel the rumors circulating about our brave naval men in Dalmatia. Senator Lodge's statement was not only false, but an intentional lie that put many members of our brave military in danger. He should be ashamed of himself. I am ashamed for him. Three days ago, Serbian soldiers surrounded a group of Italians threatening genocide on neutral land. Captain David F. Boyd Jr. and his men took action under the peacekeeping authority granted them by the Treaty of Versailles. The president has asked me to allow General Durham to honor us with the last words of this statement. <clears throat> God bless you and God bless the United States of America. Can anyone take me home? A quick trip to Paris was out of the question, but I celebrated with the next best thing. I had Tumulty call for two movers to help me rearrange the Oval Office. Is this where you want the desk, Madam First Lady? Yes, but a little more to the left. The little more? Perfect. Trudy, come in, come in. What do you think? Wow, this new setup really accentuates the lack of corners. I love it. Madam First Lady, the new chair you ordered just arrived. What? You got a new chair? You said the other one was saggy. And this is not just any chair. This is a Chesterfield button captain's chair with a metal swivel and wheels. Oh my god, a Chesterfield? Why not take it for a spin? I couldn't. I couldn't. I will. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's easy as first lady, or even as president, to let others turn you into a figurine to tell you where to sit, tell you where to go, tell you what to do. But now, the dollhouse was finally mine. It even came with the happy little golden retriever perpetually holding the bone. I am so proud of you, Edith. I always knew you'd be good at this job, but I didn't know you'd be this good. There were a few days there, with Trudy by my side, that things really clicked into place. That I really saw what a different world could look like, where I didn't have to act like a figurine. Where the good guys actually won for once. Woo! Woo! Oh, ow! Ding, ow. Okay, I broke the chair. Tumulty! Tumulty? Yes, ma'am? The president is going to need a new chair. Immediately. Right away, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't be long before things started falling apart. <laughs> Edith stars Rosamund Pike as Edith Wilson. Brandon Scott Jones as Joseph Tumulty, Adam Conover as Dr. Carrie Grayson, Esther Pavitsky as Trudy Grayson, Tom Amans as Robert Lansing, Diedrich Bader as Henry Cabot Lodge, David Atraki as Italian Man and Member of the Press, Brandon Johnston as Lieutenant Henry Field, Kevin Brief as Captain Boyd. 
Caroline Patz as young Girl Scout Jenny, Erica Schaefer as older woman, William J. Goldman as Thomas Durham, Ross Turner as member of the press, Lincoln Hopp as member of the press, Jay Preston as mover, created and written by Gonzalo Cordova and Travis Helwig, directed by Marim Barucha, executive produced by Rosamund Pike, John Levitt, Sarah Geismer, Allison Falzetta, Rob Herding, David Henning, and Sandra Yiling. Produced by Shinyin Hiyu. Co-producer, Michelle Zarati. Original music and composition by Darren Johnson and Ashoka Tiagarajan. Q-Code Head of Music, Darren Johnson. Audio Engineering by Ryan Walsh and Ben Milchev. Edited by Neely Oftering. Sound Design by Andrew Pomeroy. Mixed by Ryan Sanchez. Q-Code Head of Mixing, Ben Milchev. Casting Directors, Chelsea Block and Marisol Roncalli at Atamakani. Casting Director for Guest Roles, Andrea Bunker. Assistant Director, Kelsey Adams. Script Supervisor, Sam Beasley. Dialect Coach for Rosemond Pike, Carla Meyer. Assistant Engineering by Neely Oftering and Beatrice Noronha. Production Coordinator, Brandon Weisner and Anna Basha Yoakum. Production Assistant, Nathan Yan, Bailey Grayson, and Madeline Gonzalez. Post Coordinator, Rachel Yanover. Production Legal, Christina Bulbrook and Lindsay Keel. Production Accounting, Pin Chen Lu. Edith is a Q-Code and Crooked Media production. Edith is presented by BetterHelp because progress is a damn good thing. Start living a happier life today at BetterHelp.com. Are you a Marvel fan? Matt, you know I am. Jeff, I was asking the listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it seemed like a weird question because, you know, we've been doing a Marvel podcast together for nine years now. No, no, I was trying to grab the attention of all the Marvel fans out there for this ad. Oh. I thought it was weird, too. You should definitely warn us. Good note, Ashley. Well, if you like Marvel movies and TV as much as we do, join us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. He did it again. Get ready for Tangents with Tyler and Todd, a brand new podcast that will be the newest addition to your weekly routine. Hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Todd, and we're your hosts, ready to dive in headfirst as we explore life's biggest questions. We were kind of caught up in other people's goals of what's normal. And not for a moment did we let up the gas enough to think, what do we want? While giving ourselves permission to go completely off the rails. I don't think that... Dildo is, you can make it an adjective. Dildoine? Yeah. Did I do that or did they? It's giving comedy show with a sprinkle of soul searching on top. Premiering October 18th, Tangents with Tyler and Todd is your new go-to podcast that will make you laugh, cry, and question everything. With new episodes every Wednesday, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow with us every week. Tangents is coming and you won't want to miss this. Mark your calendars for October 18th and subscribe to Tangents with Tyler and Todd wherever you listen to your podcasts.